0: The Home Show with Sinead Ryan.
1: With Daikin. Use less energy to heat your home this winter. D A I K I N dot I E. Your energy, your choice. On News Talk. Hello, and you're very welcome along to the latest episode of the Home Show podcast. I'm Sinead Ryan. Coming up. Kevin Dunton with his last minute fantastic cooking tips uh, for uh, Christmas Day in a couple of days' time. Tara O'Connor will be in talking about tablescaping. That is the art of making your dining table look fabulous. Uh, If you are a non-alcoholic drinker or you just fancy uh, a break from all of the alcohol, well, Yates from the Virgin Mary Bar will be in talking about fabulous drinks uh, to improve your day. And Arlene McIntyre, how the 1% do Christmas differently to the rest of us. If you'd like to get involved in the podcast today or at any time, you can email us at at newstalk.com and you'll find me over on Instagram at Sinead Ryan 100. Now, uh, of course, there's only a couple of days to go and I'm sure the households now are in a bit of a panic and maybe you're completely calm about the whole thing and you're giving everybody a cheese sandwich and told them, telling them to get on with it. For, for those of us doing a traditional Christmas uh, with everything that we have to prepare and plan, who better to help us uh, along the way than Kevin Dundon from Dunbrody House. Kevin, you're very welcome. It's good to be here. Thank it's you nearly, for, nearly for nearly coming here. We're just, I know, <laughs> I know. We're nearly there. We're yeah. nearly there. So um, what I thought uh, we would cover because um, asking for a friend <laughs> this is the bit where somebody in my household goes wrong but it's the favourite part of the dinner for a lot who are coming to my house and that is the stuffing now like I'm a very traditional you know breadcrumb stuffing yeah. don't be doing any of the potato stuffing for me yeah. I don't like it but I'm sure there are people out there who do Um. and when we're doing the stuffing I like it's a it's a kind of Fruit, nuts, bacon, if, you know, if you can tolerate it. But it it's invariably drier than I would like. So where am I going wrong?
2: Okay, so the traditional uh, stuffing is very important. And uh, so it's lots of butter. So it's, oh, that would be it. <laughs> just to start, <laughs> okay. start, start off with lots First of butter, ingredient. speaking with Kevin. Okay. So it's uh, what I it do is uh, chop a whole onion, really, really fine, as, as fine as you can get it. And then it's... it's uh, a half a pound of butter. So you what? Yeah, put that into your. Into Are you your feeding twenty? No, no, that's no, just like normal <laughs> stuffing. And then and then let that melt down slowly, and then add your onions and your sage, and you're gonna cook that until they're, they're nice and soft. Okay, so there's no color, so it's just nice and soft. And then you add in uh, your breadcrumbs. I put in, I actually put sage and thyme in. And this is a Catherine's recipe, my wife's recipe. Mm. This is like, you know, the way families are full of traditions. Yeah, yeah. And uh, basically, and if you want, you can add nuts and fruit to that as well. Yeah. I, I traditionally don't because what I do is I do two stuffings. So I have that as our main stuffing. So mm. that goes into the carcass. What's a great thing to do is when you're stuffing a turkey is, is that if you get a, a large sheet of parchment paper. yeah and see for the large sheet and then put your fist in the center of the of the sheet and push it into the carcass okay so you can imagine that the the paper is coming coming out of the Carcass, yeah. but there's the cavity. You're
1: doing and great you put, hand movements here then, for radio. It's <laughs> brilliant. <laughs> it's working really and then, well. And then, I uh, get it. It's not video too. Yes.
3: Yeah. So,
2: and then, and then uh, put your stuffing into it. Okay. So the stuffing flavor is still going to go through the turkey, right? So, But then when it's cooked, you just literally pull, pull out the, paper the whole thing out and, and it doesn't get more. soggy
1: with yeah, the inside exactly. of the bird. Oh, all, brilliant. All okay. So then there's. I, I'm still with the half pound of butter, but go on. Yeah. So you're actually putting the breadcrumbs into that mix. I see, so maybe that's where I'm going wrong. I don't do that. I add the mix to dry, like two breadcrumbs in a bowl
2: afterwards. I'd add it to it and then then stuff it. And then the other end, I would do a sausage meat stuffing. Okay. So, so you know, at this time of year, you can buy the sausage meat. So, and I mix breadcrumbs with that. Mm. And that's where I mix the dry fruit, like apricots, dried uh, cranberries. Oh, right. Because they all go with the sausage. Yeah. And then I put that in the other end of the turkey. And it just makes the turkey look beautiful and round and plump. And then, but the flavor is there, and then people can have a choice then of the two stuffings. Brilliant! So you have your traditional stuffing, and then you have. Okay, a that's stuffing.
1: a good idea. Now, in terms of the breadcrumbs, like do you just use like day old bread. I like I love the panko when I'm using you, breading stuff. Yeah, but it's but, not for. But stuffing. But it's not for stuffing. Yeah. So would you have? Would you have? Um, kind of white. S- yeah, kind of slightly I, stale bread. Is yeah, that the best?
2: Yeah, I would. I would definitely use. Well, personally, I would use white. Yeah, and uh, you can also at this time of year, like there's bags and bags and bags of. I know of, of, of are, having
1: them. Yeah,
2: already done for you. Okay. but but if you've got day old uh, sliced pan, just blitz that up in your in your blender, and also you can make that stuffing. Like you can actually make it today if you wanted to.
4: Okay. Yeah, brilliant. And oh, and have beca- it there. And yeah, just stuff in. Yeah, because it's supposed
2: to be cold going into a cold turkey, so cold and cold. So you don't put a warm. Uh, stuffing into, and do you leave cookbook. it in there
1: as long as the turkey's cooking? Then, like yeah. the whole three yeah. hours or yeah, four yeah, hours? Yeah,
2: yeah. Okay. Uh, well, it's protected in the parchment paper yeah. as well, so yeah. it's it's it's, uh, and also you're getting all that flavour uh, and the juices of the turkey's going into the stuffing too, okay. which is also keeping it moist. So maybe that's another thing that uh, you I yeah. think
1: I'm doing everything wrong at this stage. You know. <laughs> <laughs> <But not, not laughs> i will give it another is. go. Yeah. All right, now give me a go-to veg um, that kind of as a crowd pleaser because I'm not one of those who do kind of eight vegetables and four potatoes and all of that I kind of try and find just one or two things that I think everybody will eat because who has the time
2: Yeah well I tell you a great veg is the melange veg so that's just mixed veg so and this is uh it's pretty simple so you you, uh, you get your, your pot, you put an inch of water in the bottom of your pot, okay, and then you you peel your carrots and kind of just chop them up roughly, so maybe kind of a half inch size and in they go with a little bit of uh, butter and honey into your water and you start boiling, boiling that up and then to that, we're going to add in some sliced onions to it and then some. Uh, and then when the onions and carrots are nearly cooked, you're going to add in your broccoli and your Brussels sprouts, cut in half and uh, you munch two, or a snow piece you can just add regular pieces So just you're adding the them
1: in terms of which ones cook the slowest first Yeah and then exactly and build, okay. it, build it up
2: and then you just put that in the, in the bowl and people can just pick what they want out of it then
1: There's an idea
2: Yeah and okay. it's all great sweet vegetables so yeah. it's not, there's nothing harsh in that Yeah, and even when the Brussels spread, the trick with Brussels sprouts is don't overcook them
1: yeah, don't serve them. Is my tip with Brussels sprouts. <laughs> no, they're, they're. but for there's somebody in my house who will insist on it.
2: Yeah, but the Brussels sprouts are lovely. Treat, treat, treat Going into all like these little, little, little
1: crosses in the bottom. and No, all see, that what nonsense. I would
2: do is I would just uh, take the bottom off and obviously peel each one. Yeah, and then I just cut it in half. Oh,
3: okay.
2: So they're half. So and so Spicker. that's why. And they literally take about seven minutes to cook. So you want to crunch in them. If they're crunching them, they they kind of like taste like baby cabbage, like cabbage. Yeah. So they taste do. like baby cabbage that way. It's the problem is if you overcook them the flavour changes. They go
1: kind of oxidy yeah. and irony. They taste bitter. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah Not yeah. that I'll be tasting them but anyway, no, I believe, <laughs> I'm told, I'm told they taste bitter. <laughs> but I have a great recipe okay. for Brussels sprouts. Go on, Brussels give it to us sprouts, Right, sprouts. okay. So, for the five Brussels uh, sprouts I'll be cooking, give yeah. us a recipe. <laughs> <laughs>
2: so, peel so your Brussels sprouts, cut them in half, put them into salted boiling water and then in another pan if you put butter and a little bit of olive oil and uh, chorizo sausage so, cut up shredded sausage, I do like that. Yeah. And so, you know, all that lovely paprika flavor going through in the olive oil and the and the pork going through into the butter. And then you get uh, sourdough bread and cut it into cubes and put that in into your pan. So they can get nice and crispy and like croutons, taking out oh, all the flavors. Okay. And then uh, take your Brussels sprouts out of the water, strain them. Like
1: a panzanella nearly. Yeah. That, that kind and of then mi- And mix them all. Oh, my God. Oh, okay. Oh. Okay. See, I might, I might <laughs> do mean, I'll have to come down to the Brody and you can yeah, cook yeah. it for me after Christmas. Right. Um that's brilliant. Okay. So um that's our veg, our sprouts, if, if must be a two lots of stuffings. Now, when we are we finished Christmas Day and we have the everything done and all the leftovers, um you know, it's good to have a couple of, of things to do in terms of what what we can do, say for Saint Stephen's Day or the following day. Um, so my kind of go-to is like a turkey and ham pie with yeah. that filo because I just feel it's not terribly Christmassy, but at the same time you're using up the stuff. Um, so what what is your recommendation?
2: So uh, well, on Stephen's Day we we just eat the leftovers like we just, have, like
1: a, another yeah. Christmas dinner, yeah, 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 so yeah, it's
2: yeah, like cold sandwiches and stuff. But the uh, the great thing to do is to do like um uh, a ham a turkey and ham bake. So if you do like that like Nala king so it's like cream and uh, red and green peppers like a casserole stew Lovely. put that into uh, into a casserole dish and then uh, some breadcrumbs and cornflakes crushed together. Huh? Yeah, and a little bit of butter and uh, and uh, chopped parsley and sprinkle that on top. Oh, you got a crunch. Let, yeah, let that cool down and then put it in into a bag, like a freezer bag, and label it and freeze it and take it out in February. And then <gasps> and then you have a, right. a turkey and ham pie for February. But it's also great, at, like, the day after. But you might be up to up to your tons with yeah, to yeah, turkey yeah, and yeah. ham at that stage. Yeah. So it's, like, it's a great way of using it up. And also it's very important, like, we all love ramens now. So yeah. the tur- turkey carcass, you can uh, boil that up and make a lovely rich stock and then make a, a lovely uh, turkey ramen
1: noodle soup Wonder- noodle
2: soup some noodles and then That's some comforting some, some yeah, it's, yeah it's brilliant hangover that food it might have
1: my New Year's Eve dinner, <laughs> <laughs> sit in a chair, turn off the lights, watch yeah. a movie and have turkey yeah. ramen. All right, Kevin, uh, d- busy now down in B- Dumbrody, do you close up for the we're Christmas? We're closed now, so we're yeah.
2: all the family's home. Uh, Sophie's just got back yesterday from, she's in studying in Paris yeah. and uh, Emily's finished college uh, now. So we're all down in Dumbrody, family. So family, lots
1: family. of help in the kitchen.
2: Well, no, let's <laughs> see, I love cooking in are the kitchen. Are you a control freak, are you? No, because I just say, listen, I'm busy. Leave me alone. So, it, 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 enjoy do you not your want, egg, want the no, day no, off?
1: No. Do you not no, want the d- it's i Folks, this is what I do for a living. I'm off today. In you go and make my dinner. No?
2: So, no, because i will be, be looking at the, <laughs> making sure to do it. I'd okay. using enough butter. <laughs> yeah, there's always plenty of butter in my hands. <laughs> it sounds like And then if we like run out, there's always butter in the hotel. So we All just right. have to go down to the hotel and get it.
1: Brilliant. All right. Well, listen, have a wonderful day. Uh, whatever you do and uh, I'm sure it'll be a phenomenal dinner in your house maybe it'll be slightly better in my house now after all those <laughs> tips uh, Kevin Dundon thank you so much uh, of the wonderful Dunbrodie house uh, and if you ever want to go down and have a treat that is uh, the place to do it for a weekend actually what I remember about Dunbrody has—it's a silly thing to remember—but it is the shaped, the little butter with the little shaping and the patterns. On
2: it. Oh, I love it. I'm not sure you, really you had to do that uh, one day. It's, it's really cool. Yeah, yeah. Who has well done. Right.
1: Well, that's why I go to you and you do that show. <laughs> you're coming you. Yeah, go. yeah, 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 yeah. Kevin, thank Neither. you so much. Lovely to see you again. Happy Christmas. Happy Christmas. Nothing says Christmas dinner is a special occasion, quite like a beautifully laid table. But if you're making last minute preparations, don't worry. My next guest has some very simple tips for you to make your guests wow, even before they are served a bite of food. Tara O'Connor, from The Designed Table, you're very welcome
4: to the home show. Thank you, Sinead, and Merry Christmas.
1: Christmas. (laughs) Uh, Now, I blame social media for this added pressure at Christmas. uh, But in fact, we've always taken trouble with what's now called tablescaping, uh, long before uh, it was invented. Because the, the Christmas dinner table, even if it's the same family you have for every dinner table, has to be a little bit special.
4: It does, because it's the one time a year we can elevate our table and we can just go wild and show our creativity in our own homes. So you like the idea of theming it, uh, but it doesn't have
1: to be a colour theme or around one item, you, you kind of like that whole uh, Aspen kind of snowy Christmas theme? Yeah, kind of? I
4: think just around Christmas. What I always do, like I theme it in terms of the room where you dine in. I look at the walls, I look at the plants, whatever you have in the room, and I would pick a colour and match it and just put it on the table. You just need one colour in your room. Yeah, so and it, it kind of ma- brings your eye then Absolutely. to all the rest, doesn't so it? So it doesn't matter if it's a yellow room, you can put red on the table. Okay, you know, yeah. have something in your room that will work with it and it'll all just work together. And, you know, people say more is more, but I kind of, when it comes to Christmas tables and any tables, any time of year, I say, you know, less is less because you need to have room for serving dishes, for gravies, for cranberry sauce, for, you know, all the condiments you'll put on the table. Actually, that's a
1: really good point because you can get carried away with how the table looks when it's completely empty and there's nobody sitting down at it. But actually, the minute guests start and they're trying to hop over your candelabra or your big flower kind of thing and look at each other and everything then gets taken off, which is kind of daft.
4: Y- yes, yeah, so don't like try not to, try set the table that you won't have to move things. So I always say test every seat and make sure you can see the guests that's sitting opposite you or diagonal. You can just do a test run with all the kids, all the family, who's ever around you now and go, right, right, everyone sit at the table and you know the height then you have to work to. And don't put, you know big decorations where it does look beautiful as a runner when you're not eating or mm. as a tablescape when you're not eating. But when you sit down to eat, particularly men, will just move everything that's in their eye line.
1: I know. Talk it's about all ruining just go to, your home. <laughs> go to the we
4: don't need that. We, we don't, don't need that. Take out the candles. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, and um, keep your, your floral centrepieces low. If there is too much foliage and flowers, because you've probably got them by now and they're probably in your home, mm. just... Take away some of the stems and the flowers and just make sure you can see your guests. and Add height with your candles, taper candles. Tapered.
1: So with the small ones, so you can do big, tall candles, but not those big, votive
4: no. uh, church candles. No, because so You can't see yeah. your guests with them. Yeah. Lots of tea lights um, and little glass containers. You know, they're available everywhere. Most supermarkets even sell them now. And keep your taper candles tall and thin. So that will be your height on your table. Perfect. And of course, nothing then that's going to set fire to anything else
1: while you're at it. No,
4: and that's what, like... <laughs> When your taper candles do get low, if, you, if they are in your centrepiece, I kind of move foliage around. Just keep an eye. I generally allocate one person, will you keep an eye on the ca- candles? Yeah,
1: yeah, and let them drip onto the, onto the
4: foliage yeah. or whatever you have. Okay, now, uh, tablecloth or not? I, I'm a tablecloth person, particularly at Christmas and Easter. So I think it sets a beautiful canvas, canvas for your table and then you add your placemats and your charger plates and you build your layer up. I think it's very traditional this time of year to have a tablecloth. If you don't have one, Don't panic, we all have a white sheet. Really? Oh yes. That's okay? No one's going to know, yes. Like a single bed white sheet, or if it's a double bed, just fold it over. Nobody will know, uh, because then you're putting beautiful placemats and Centerpieces okay. and glasses and plates on it. So give it a good
1: iron and stick give it, it on a good iron. All right.
4: Now you mentioned the charger
1: plate. So this is like your base that sits under everything else because we do love to layer the plates up at Christmas. This stays on the table, and like I think some of the nice ones are gold colored or metallic. Oh yes, colored. yes, stunning.
4: So the whole idea of a, a charger plate—it's ceramic or glass—it's to retain the heat. So I would reheat. I'd heat up my dinner plates for Christmas because mm. the food will stay. Sure. I'm one of these people that has a hostess trolley at home. Sad, <laughs> I know, but it's brilliant for heating plates. Yeah, the 1970s doesn't even want it back. No. It's so useful. I love it. So then my plates are hot. So going onto the table, if I have, if particularly for your main course, if you have a glass charger or a ceramic charger underneath, it, that, it will retain the heat in your plate. And that's the whole idea for them. Yes, it does look pretty. Yes, it does add a layer. But it's to keep your plate hot, really.
1: OK, and then you, you can, as the different courses come out, you can add it onto that. Yeah,
4: and I generally move charger just after dessert. Oh, OK. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. Um, And you you're going whole hog now with place names and...
4: Yes, but see, I do. I have my place names probably five years ago because it's the same people that sit around yeah, the table. Yeah. So I have my little box of them and I just go and pick out who it is and I match it to my theme. Or do you know what I love to do? Saying to the kids, we have a holly bush in the garden, go out and pick some holly. Um, the, the holly leaves are actually beautiful at the top because they're not prickly. So the whole idea is the lower ones are for the deer. Won't eat them. Yeah. So I might have to go out and Help the kids bring them in. Then just with a with a gold sharpie pen or a gold pen or a chalk pen, or you can write the guest name. Oh, on, on the them. piece of yes. poly or oh, on a pomegranate. Lovely. We all have pomegranates in our house at Christmas. You know, buy yourself a gold sharpie today. All stationery shops, hey. card shops have them, and you can write your guest names. Oh, isn't that so cute? Yes. Okay, so, and you can so get it doesn't have doing. to be paper. Yeah, you know, you can just go to the garden. The one thing about Ireland this time of year is there's so much beautiful foliage.
1: Yeah, yeah, and just pick a large even put. Oh, that's such a nice idea. Tara uh, O'Connor from The Designed Table. Thank you so much. Where can people find now a little bit more about you and get all those hints?
4: Oh, So I'm on Instagram at The Design Table. Um, if you're anyone's, I'm in Avoca today as well and I'm in Kildare Village in Gather. So we'll be there right up to the end of the year. Um, so yeah, it's great. And just, follow me for lots of tips alright
1: ok and of course those tips will do at, uh, for New Year's Eve if you're having a, a special Yes, I, I just change the colour
4: Christmas. of a napkin yeah. <laughs> okay. and add lots of candle light for New Year's Eve dinner parties you make
1: it all sound so accessible and easy oh and your, t- and your top tip by the way when are we setting the kitchen table because you told me this just before we came on air
4: so I would set it today and I would turn the glasses upside down and if you have a counter you'll be eating at that or let the kids eat in front of the TV or you know I'd set today or early Christmas Eve morning because it's one job like preparation is key when it comes to Christmas Yeah,
1: yeah. and time is, is of the it essence is, yeah and
4: just light your candles then before guests the arrive
1: Fantastic Alright Tara thanks a million uh, and we'll see you on the other side of 2024
4: Merry Christmas
1: Christmas season involves a lot of nights out, parties and big dinners with family and friends. And with that, of course, comes lots and lots of drinking. But whether you're someone who doesn't drink any alcohol or you just want to break from it for a night, my next guest is the expert on how to enjoy a non-alcoholic night out. Owner of the Virgin Mary Bars and online shop, Vaughn Yates, is in studio here. Uh, Vaughn, you're very welcome along to the home show. You have bought, brought a cornucopia of bottles and glasses and herbs and everything else with you. Um, So I'm very much looking forward to how this item is going to go for sure. Do you think there is a lot of pressure to drink alcohol at Christmas even more than any other time of the year?
0: Thanks for having me on, Sinead. Uh, I I do actually. I I do think the pressure is up there at at Christmas compared to other times because everybody's kind of relaxing. More or less everybody's relaxing at the same time. Um, But I do think that pressure is less than what it was in previous years. I think people accept now that there's better non-alcohol products out there, there's better choice for people. And it's more usual or more normal, I would say, for people to not be drinking on occasion because they've got something the next day or they've got to drive home, whatever the reasons are. I think it's more acceptable now that people don't drink if they're in a group than previously.
1: Yeah. And of course, there's a big focus these days on well-being and health. You know, you don't have to kind of make up an excuse like I'm on antibiotics or, you know, something like that to kind of get out of a tricky spot. Uh, Tell us a little bit about why you set up um, the Virgin Mary store.
0: Well, my background is I worked in the alcohol business. Um, I was helping brands and uh, whiskey companies to develop their distilleries and to, to sell their product. And I was really kind of looking 2018 at the non-alcohol sector because I thought it was a really interesting sector. And my wife, Nicola, always said to me that she loves working in the drinks industry, but would really like to work in the drinks industry, but, you know, be better for you, the products to be better for you in the long term. And as the non-alcohol category came along, we both looked at it and said, well, this is maybe our opportunity to look at drinks that we love in terms of cocktails and, you know, special drinks that you get like in sparkling drinks and and beautiful, uh, beautiful wines. And we thought, you know, could the non-alcohol category kind of get there and start to look at bringing flavours without the need for alcohol?
1: And look, it's no longer about lemonade and Fifty Shades of Water. I mean, you are talking about all kinds of gins and, you know, uh, vodkas and non-alcoholic wines, which I've yet to find a good one, I'll be honest with you. But um, you, uh, this is about providing a special occasion drink and not saying to somebody at Christmas we have water or we have juice, which would you like, you know. Uh, And you've Brought along some examples here, so uh, let's get let's see now what you have, and uh, we'll talk about uh, how to make that perfect festive non-alcoholic cocktail.
0: Okay, well, what I'm going to start off with first is I'm going to start off with you talked about wines there, yeah, right. The sparkling category works in wines, great. Okay, good. So sparkling, we have. Quite a few different sparkling oh, on yes. our
1: uh, <laughs> my favorite sound of the Christmas
0: period. <laughs> we have quite a few different sparkling on our website, um, the Mary Bar. Com. And what's great about sparkling wines is that the bubbles help, you know, keep that kind of occasion, keep that kind of beautiful Okay, um, thank you.
1: Beautiful glass now. I've got a little a lovely gold-rimmed flute here. It's very pretty.
0: And these these sparkling wines carry flavour. Okay. Um, so this is this is Copenhagen sparkling tea it's probably one of the most upmarket products we have um, and it's made in uh, Denmark and uh, it's a blend of white teas and grape musk so you're basically getting um, delicate beautiful flavors oh, that's
1: very nice
0: very nice it's, it's not, a high end in-
1: it's not that kind of sweetie kind of g- grapey kind of a flavor at
0: all absolutely this is for a mature palate this is for people that like drinking champagne. And it's a great alternative to champagne because it has a dryness to it. Yeah, the teas bring the tannins in, and you get that lovely kind of balance of but it's um, delicate flavour. Yes, it? you get it's jasmine not, coming through.
1: I can I can taste it, but not as tea. I I know exactly the flavour, but I I don't have all the words to describe it. But that is absolutely <laughs> lovely. Actually, that would be a fantastic. I would defy like if you poured that out for people and just said, "This is a new prosecco we're trying."
0: Absolutely. You'd
1: be hard-pressed to notice the difference. You,
0: you would, you would. And then sparkling sparkling wines do carry flavour in the non-alcohol sector. Mm. So we have various, various different price points. This was developed by a sommelier who wanted to, to really look at high-end restaurants and bring an alternative non-alcohol drink to those high-end restaurants. So sparkling tea, we have um, two expressions. This is the Blah, which is a white tea. Has jasmine and Darjeeling in it, as well as black teas and green teas, and then this 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 grape must, which works with it, and it's an organic product made beautifully, and is really a beautiful tasting product.
1: All right, great. Now, uh, when it comes on to the mixers and and the liquor, give me an idea now of what spirits we have here.
0: Okay, so what we have is we have. um, I'm going to make you an an alternative to a, a a gin and tonic, essentially. Okay. Um, so, these are what I call the first generation products. So, they were the first products that came out. They were alternatives to gins. And this is Mahala, which is made in um, South Africa. Beautiful bottles, aren't they? <laughs> it's a triple distilled non-alcohol spirit, the mm-hmm. equivalent of a gin. They have Mahala Botanical and they have Mahala Amber, which is kind of more like a, a I'd say, more like a kind of masculine style drink and served with ginger. But this um, uses botanicals, it uses honeybush, it uses some typical um south african uh, botanicals in it like buchu uh, and it's it's a lovely kind of blend of fruit botanicals and herbal botanicals
1: wonderful all right and you've brought down ice and everything studio well done you must have pegged it down here
0: <laughs> ice and everything we've got it all now i'm going to serve this with an elderflower tonic
1: lovely that's um, my favourite
0: just a classic elderflower yeah. tonic which brings flavour into
1: it a a super ver- version of that
0: yeah this is the one yeah so you've got the lovely elderflower tonic. Lovely. And I quite like it with ginger. So I'm going to serve it with a... And
1: I'm delighted you haven't put fruit and veg in it because I find that... Uh, I know that all the gins are, are kind of... You've are going to you smashed a basil leaf, I'm so we'll take basil, that in. Smash and a basil leaf and, uh, you know here. Just it give it a smash. From. There you go. Okay. Open up the flavour. Just it
0: right. a Okay. Garnish. Yeah. Perfect. And then off you go. Okay. Now.
1: One of my veg a day anyway. Right. <laughs> Let's see how this sounds. Oh, my goodness. That's lovely and dry.
0: It is. So what you're I not getting like is a that. sweet synthetic product. Yes. You're getting a proper distilled product, uh, distilled by a lady down in, in uh, I think it's Stellenbosch region. Yeah. And um, this really is a kind of, I'd say it's the kind of um, better developed white spirit. And there's a few of them. There's one, there's Nokia here in in, in Ireland yep. uh, that's made at Bowen Distillery. And um, there's a few good ones in Ireland as well. And I think um, we bring them in from all around the world. But I I, I like this. I'm tasting now a hint of clove yes. in that. clove, you're spot on. Clove and orange yes. come through in it. Yep. Yes. Yep. So
1: actually, it's very festive for this time of year to have that refreshing uh, taste.
0: Absolutely. Because what you want to do is you want to bring those kind of orangey clove cardamom it's
1: quite a grown up drink
0: it is yeah, yeah peppercorns okay. in it
1: so just give us the name of that again now and uh, Mahala oh, Mahala okay. yeah
0: great super that is a definitely very very good and it's an Irish guy actually
1: ah right uh, okay.
0: that runs it so it's it's great to have that kind of Irish South African connection
1: okay and then finally the next one
0: now, I'm going to make you a cocktail. Can't can't be here without making you, you a cocktail.
1: I was waiting for it.
0: So what we do on our site is we 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 do kits for Christmas, so people can buy the product and the mixers. Um, now you won't get them for Christmas by the time this comes out, but you'll get them in, the, in between Christmas and New Year, and you'll also get them for gi- dry January. No,
1: that's fine. Okay, New Year's Eve will be a good one to have. Before. Exactly,
0: and and the the great thing is is we have the, the cocktails online. You just go online, you look at the cocktail that you want, we'll batch it up for you, and then we'll send it. To your house and you can, I mean, and the, and the so methods not there, missing
1: any, any, the any, method in is all there. Okay. So, so this is a, the base here.
0: This is a Rose's cocktail. So I'm using a, again, I'm using a non-alcohol gin. This is Siegfried um, from Germany. And uh, this uses natural botanicals. Um, and I'm going to put in a serve of that put it into. See, word.
1: you don't have to go with all the tight servings and the little things you in don't, if you're making You it can serve a double if you want more flavour.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and then I've got a lovely, um, I've got a lovely rose and pandan um, pre-batch that I've made, which I'm going to drop in.
1: Okay, and that's your, is, that's your other flavour in it. Okay, that's a lovely pink
0: colour. Well, it is pink and that will, we pre-batch that and we'll put it in your kit for you. Wonderful. And then you take a sparkling probably not Copenhagen sparkling tea, play take a cheaper one and yeah, you'll just top it up. Top
1: it up. And actually, do you know what? That would even work if you just wanted a light alcoholic drink that was a cocktail without, you could top it up with the with the real stuff if you wanted to. Oh, that's such a beautiful colour and a lovely glass. And serve it in a rocks glass. A there you go. Here are the uh, ice clinking there. Let's have a go with this one now. Nice and light, again, dry, yeah. but in a lovely, refreshing way.
0: That's right. So what we try to do is we don't want you to be overly sweet. What mm. we, If you take non-alcohol, right, it's roughly half the calories of the equivalent alcohol drink.
1: Oh, well, there's a good thing. Yeah,
0: there's a good thing. So non-alcohol wine. Mm. Um, You said you've not found a good non-alcohol wine. I'd recommend Cologne Null Riesling. Tastes just like a Riesling. Wow. Okay. So um, if you want to get a, a good non-alcohol white, they do sell it in Ireland. It's called Cologne Null. Okay. And it's, um, and I think that the German wines, the wines that are slightly kind of sweeter, yep. do work well when yes. they're non-alcohol. Yep. I think red is struggling yeah. to get good mm. reds. Mm. Sparkling is there and there's some really good whites as well. So
1: all right. Well listen, that is a fantastic range there. I, I have to say, Vaughan, and and to my shame, I'm I'm a little bit surprised I enjoyed them so much, you know. And um it's a fantastic alternative for people. And even if you are drinking a little bit of alcohol and you want to, you know, uh go half and half or every second drink or any of that. Um that is a brilliant idea. Now, where can people find your shop? They find it online, the virginmarybar.com. Brilliant. Okay, and all of the stuff is there. All of the stuff's there, yeah. That's amazing. Vaughan Yates of the Virgin Mary Bar. Thank you very much for coming into the home show. Now we all have our own quirky ways of celebrating Christmas. Some of us prefer the understated look. Uh, others go all out and deck the entire home in flashing red lights and stand Santa sticking out of the chimney. But what about the 1% for whom money is no object? Uh, but that doesn't, of course, guarantee style and elegance. What do the rich and famous get up to when they are decorating their homes at Christmas? Well, who better to ask than the stylist <laughs> to the 1% Arlene McIntyre of Ventura Design. Good morning, Sinead. Thank Hello, you. Arlene, and happy Christmas to you. Merry Christmas to you. Um, so uh, you have, uh, let's say... Um, an elite client list. Yes, you're probably not putting a uh, plastic Santa off the top of the chimney or clambering down on a ladder. No, no, no,
3: <laughs> no. There's a lot of planning that goes into to this end of the decoration for Christmas. Yeah,
1: yeah. and I was looking at some. Uh, of the celebs for whom this is an event to decorate their house. Yes, for, I mean, they've just come out of the back end of creating a Halloween, you know, showcase, and now we're into Big the intervals.
3: Time. Well, like as soon as Halloween is over, I you're mean it's practically ready to go. It's the next day you're turning the lights on for Christmas. Wow, and, and I, I suppose a lot, of these a lot of projects like this they're they're considered projects, Sinead, because the homes are so large. And they have up to five, six trees. So there's just so much planning wow. that goes into it. Yep.
1: Wow. So this is not, this is far away from now, climbing up on the styra to get the decorations <laughs> far out. Far away. <laughs> okay. Five or six trees. So talk me through Easily. how somebody has five or six trees.
3: Well, they, the planning would start even from the front garden. So it's all about what, how, you know, your, your front, your curb appeal is looking and how Christmassy that is. And a lot of people kind of work in a theme. So um, if, if, say, for example, we're running with that classic feel, that timeless traditional tonal classic feel uh, that will carry right through in through the front door, which is massively important, making that very festive and creating a really important big, loud Christmassy entrance hallway Mm. or a foyer or whatever way, you know, whatever way the space is working. And then the tree can sit either in the hallway, one in the hallway, one in the living room, one in the kitchen. One in the dining room for sure, and obviously there would always be a very special one in the kiddies' room. The kiddies' room being like their bedroom or nursery or something? Well, it depends. Or a playroom. It really depends. So, in some cases, I've done children's Christmas trees where it's very much themed for the girl or themed for the boy. Or it would be like a teenager tree where it's actually in their cinema room where all the kids might hang out of course, on Christmas (laughs) after their big feast to watch some movies. And so we'll have a really cool tree for kind of that room too. And are these trees, Arlene, that you kind of, the kids decorate themselves or do they come fully curated in... Oh, no. Well, yes. Like we would try and get 100% uh, the kids on board for their own trees. So that's really important. Mm. We get a lot of Pinterest's pages that are created which I think is really cute because they get involved depends on their age obviously as well and um but for like the teenagers I think they're really happy for us to kind of look after that for them so you're sourcing uh themed yes. decorations and that like well in advance oh well in advance like you're talking maybe march april uh, right. the year before like of that year rather um in okay. advance so you've everything Organized, ordered, ready to go. Backup mm. lights in case you have any problems with the lights. Mm. You know, it takes it takes a lot of, of time and, and a big team. I was down in down the
1: road here at the end of Grafton Street uh, a couple of weeks ago in Brown Thomas, and they have, of course have their Christmas store up on the top floor. Yeah, it's which gorgeous, is absolutely gorgeous, absolutely, absolutely beautiful, yeah. beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Um, and now I wouldn't be probably their best customer. <laughs> <laughs> but I did see, uh, they have fully decorated trees, which you can buy. Yeah. Um, now, they don't come cheap. I, I saw one up there, uh, and it wasn't the most expensive, and it was €2,400. So, you... You're, Easily. you're
3: shaking your head, okay. Easily, but these are investment trees. So that's right. really important to remember. And I think even even people at that end of the market, believe it or not, are quite clever with their money and they, they like to know where it's being spent and they'd like to think that everything that they are putting into their home is an investment tree, you know, that they can build on and perhaps add kind of a new colour scheme onto it every year or... Or change it around. Change and, it around. and talk yeah. to me, even in people kind of large houses, where do you store six, five or six trees? That's a really good question. And a lot of these homes, and I, I, I tell you no lie, Sinead, have rooms that are just solely devoted to Christmas decorations. So okay. they're like small apartments. I think I, I shared with this with you once, uh, whereby one of our clients has on the third level of her home, which you reach by an elevator lift, is solely dedicated to Christmas. She's very organized. And even all of her home accessories and decor and throws and scattered cushions and all of the trimmings are changed out for Christmas. Oh,
1: right. So it's not just the tree and
3: sticking up a bit of tinsel. No. You're changing out cushion covers. Everything. Everything. So we would completely go in and refresh the entire space to look at like the theme in which, you know, that Christmas theme might be. So, for example, for me, I personally like going for the tonal metallic tones where you've got the, the rich golds and the silvers. And then perhaps you could add in a bauble that's in the bronze tone or a navy tone if you wanted to really warm it up or if you wanted to add in that lovely rich burgundy red tone. So your palette, your base should be always in the kind of the metallic tones and then you can build on that. And then that fans right out, Sinead, to your sweeping staircase. Like that is so, so important to get right. Oh, garlands. Garland and, and swags and really creating the whack, wow factor on your staircase. OK, so any guests then coming into this home, is they're going to be wowed from the drive. Correct. From the front, from the minute you ring that, that buzzer outside the gates of that house. <laughs> you're okay. you're entering a and wonderland transfer <laughs> right yeah. quite literally and and that would be like into their bedrooms as well or into their powder room uh the kitchen area like we would like there is just literally no end Well, now i have i feel kind of kind of
1: brave because I stuck up tinsel in my loo over the <laughs> m- over the mirror and put up a little m- kind of cinnamon candle and a tiny little that's bit nice. of fern. Tinsel's yeah, good. I, I know, but
3: that's not what you're talking no. about. There. No, 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 no. <laughs> but actually, I really appreciate tinsel too. Like, I get I get tinsel. Well, it is gold but, tinsel, <laughs> you know, but it's fun and it, it okay. gives, yeah, it's festive. So
1: what do people want to do in their Bathroom. well I mean you now, their have to downstairs is probably
3: the size of my kitchen isn't but of it? course okay. but it's like a perfect place like to have the most amazing flower arrangement and that could be with real pine you know so mm. that you're mixing a bit of artificial with, with real pine and that gives you the lovely scent when you enter the bathroom and you can have lovely holly in the tree and white winter berries and pussy willows and foxgloves, and just make it look really festive and sparkly and perhaps put in some little sparkly lights in there as well uh, scent is so important as well
1: yeah and scent like at Christmas we were talking about candles a couple of weeks ago and we were kind of trying to decide if listeners like that kind of cinnamony vanilla cloying kind of a scent yeah. or if it's the the kind of the pine and winter thing yeah. but yeah. would you advocate different ones for different rooms or, well, or how people are feeling I
3: think you need to get make sure that all of your scent throughout the house is pretty much the same throughout okay. you're, kind of, you're just going to have a migraine by 12 o'clock in the Well, afternoon. that's true. So that's a lesson for us all, really. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. So stick, be be really true to your scent from the front door in. And whatever that might be, don't mix. Even with your diffusers, your candles, just keep everything the same. Okay. Your clients last longer. the jo Malone all the way through. Oh, right? all the way. Um, <laughs> White, the White Company has some really cracking oh, yeah. candles as well. Yeah. Really nice scents too. For Christmas, they do limited candle editions as well, which okay. are really nice. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. I think, and they, they make nice gifts too. Okay. So for the rest of us mortals then,
1: who possibly wouldn't be in your um, wheelhouse this Christmas, Arlene, talk to me about how we can all make uh, our own decorations look Elegant, timeless and expensive. The metallic tones is a big part of it because... You're investing.
3: I think they're investments. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you can definitely pick up some really beautiful golds and silvers in January Mm. and, you know, store them away for the next, you know, tree next year. And there's just really good value out there in January. But definitely stick with the neutrals. Keep it very tonal. I think they're investments for everybody. Um, I think it's really important to get your swag right on the stairs, so that your your handrail on the stairs is always embellished with, you know, lovely kind of metallic tones, maybe rich golds and silvers and clear baubles and just very sparkly and mm. festive and get your front door wreath right, that's really, really important. Yeah, it's a big deal, the, yeah. the front door, it's become a massive
1: thing hasn't it? And maybe the curated um, I, I was going to say origami what do you call those plants when you kind of do them all beautifully, the little bonsais and all that. Oh, getting, the toparies. The toparies yes, yes, yes. um, like you're not going to stick some fairy lights on it but you do no. have to do it nicely
3: don't you but you can you can totally like like every year you can change your velvet bow on your front door may it be green one year it can be a really rich green it could be a burgundy red it could be navy blue like whatever your your tone is but i think do invest in a really good front door wreath that's mm. number one mm. get your handrail right getting your wreath and your swags right i think that's really important to invest in invest a really good christmas tree and good lights and top tip would be to try and get the lights as far into the tree as possible, not draping on the outside. The, sh- the tree should look like it's glowing from within. Oh, good tip. Yeah. All right. Thank you for keeping us grounded, Arlene,
1: <laughs> as ever. You come with the most fabulous of styles, and we can only aspire uh, in our own homes uh, to making that special. <laughs> Thank Listen, you. you're always a fabulous guest to have on. Thank you. And um, happy Christmas. Happy New Year. I hope we'll have you again in 2024. Absolutely. Uh, bringing us all of that uh, fabulousness. Uh, and Arlene, you can find her in the meantime if you can't wait till then in on Ventura Design, Ventura Interiors on Instagram where all that fabulousness reigns. Uh, Thanks a million for joining us on The Home Show. And that's all we have time for on this latest episode of The Home Show podcast. It has been my pleasure being with you today and thank you for your company. We are having a podcast after Christmas for uh, just ahead of New Year's Eve so there'll be loads and loads of festive stuff there so so do remember that and it'll be up on the News Talk website which is newstalk.com or on the app and if you like and subscribe to the podcast you will not miss any of that or indeed any other episode. Uh, It's been lovely to have you uh, this Week, and if you want to get in touch with us at any time, it's the home show at newstalk.com. And you'll find me on Instagram at Sinead Ryan 100. See you next time.
0: The Home Show with Sinead Ryan, Saturday morning at 8 with Dyken on News Talk.